Hi and welcome from wherever you're listening today. My name's Edwin Rees, I'm the host of Aussie Pets Podcast. Today we're inviting a gentleman in who's an animal behaviourist. His business is located just north of Melbourne in North Carlton, about uh, 5 to 10 kilometres from the centre of the city. He'll be telling us about his customers, his techniques and some ideas. We'll have a few stories and a few laughs, no doubt. Uh, the last time I saw you was in 2019 at the Darabin Pet Expo, Tim. Welcome to yourself and uh, please introduce yourself and a little about your business. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much for having me, Edwin. I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, my, my name's Tim and I, I own and run uh, Good Dog Behaviour and Training in the inner uh in the north of melbourne um it's coming up to almost eight years uh, as a business now and uh we work with primarily uh, your pet dogs so um working with a lot of the the inner city clientele particularly around uh some new puppy owners uh, we work with a lot of problematic behavior as well um and uh i work alongside my uh my good good mate my my co-worker Elliot who's a uh, seven-year-old uh, Labrador retriever I had a funny thing I started uh, sending invitations out to Elliot didn't I Tim <laughs> I was... yeah he's... it's all right you're not the only one I get I get a few uh, emails from time to time from people saying hi uh, Elliot can you help me with my uh, dog uh, it's cool he, he's he has a bigger brand than me I think how long has Elliot been uh, on this planet? How long have we been blessed with that little fella? Elliot's been around uh, almost eight years now. He turns eight in Feb, uh, and he's been um, working alongside me uh, in in what we do uh, since he was about six months of age. So um, from the start, he's been primarily involved in helping me rehab a lot of the um, we'd call uh, dogs with social issues, um, be it aggression, fear, anxiety-driven behaviours, um, but he also assists us a lot with our puppy socialisation as well. That's that's interesting, Tim, because uh, I'm just curious because I'm not a dog trainer, I'm a specialist in other areas, and I'm wondering when somebody should start um, thinking about what they want to do with their dog and what they expect and when to engage somebody like yourself. I think... Um, Look, things are changing a little bit, and this is a really cool thing. Um, I've had a lot in the last, especially the last 12 months of people going, you know what, I'm thinking about getting a dog. What kind of dog is the right dog for me? And, um, you know, this is the kind of stuff I want to do. I think this is something that making a considerate uh, effort to, to think about what it is that you're going to want to do with your dog as an adult uh, is certainly going to go a long way to, to getting the most out of your dog, as we know. Um, especially this year with uh, a lot of the impulse buyers that we're seeing. Um, but, yeah, I think that it should at least have an influence over the kind of dog you're going to get um, and then uh, maybe even lean you more towards what kind of um, investment you're going to make as far as the, the kind of professional uh, you'll work with to help train your dog up. That's a that's a great point. Um, you know what what you're going to do and what sort of investment you're going to do in your dog, because uh, with my um, with my role, it, it can see the wrong end of that. So you really are investing in another life, aren't you? So absolutely. Um, when would when would people best get in contact with you before they get the dog to discuss uh, suitability of breed or when they've decided on a puppy? How how would you guide people? 
Yeah, I love it when people um, call to discuss what type of dog they're going to get if certainly they don't know. Um, if they've already decided on the kind of dog they're getting, best to get in touch straight away. Um, it's great to hear from people that know that, hey, I've got a date that I'm going to bring either um, my dog home that I'm picking up in the, the shelter or a dog that I'm getting from the breeder. So we can start to put the, the right uh, plans in from day one. You're kind of setting dogs up for success from when they're pups before they sort of integrate in the family. Um, yeah. I know that you. the thing that I really liked about your business, Good Dog, is I really liked um, the Good Dog two options. You've got uh, private coaching and you, you've, yep. also, you've also got the um, day training as well. Yeah. But for me, the day training is probably for professionals uh, and... The private coaching would be somebody like me. What do the people look like for each of those different streams that you offer? Uh, there's certainly certainly a different uh, different type of person. Um, I have before our day training service. It works a little bit like your traditional board and train, where you send your dog off to somebody and uh, they they work with that dog for a number of weeks. The difference is with the the uh, day training. I don't have a facility. Uh, so I pick up the dog a couple of times a, a week from the um, the house or the, the business, wherever the dog is, and uh, I uh, teach the dog the fundamentals to then hand back uh, that learning to the, the owner at the end of the week. So the, we're typically talking people that do this are either people that I've worked with before that just need a bit of a refresher or um, they might be really busy professionals that just simply don't have that couple of hours a week to really invest into their dog. Okay, and do you travel uh, any distance to see people? Are you specifically sticking in the northern suburbs or the inner northern? Yeah, I, I definitely um, I stick pretty pretty. You know, um, I'm usually around five to ten k's of of the CBD, so pretty tight tight. Um, I used to many years ago. I'd travel all over the place, but I love my clientele. I love um, I love working with the people that live with their dogs in a really similar way to, to me you know like to go down to the pub or get a get a coffee with a dog or whatever it might be sure i didn't see a lot not not saying the outer suburbs people don't do that but it's very different oh what, what's your instagram what's that what's that called um my instagram yeah uh it's at good dog behavior at good dog behavior i'm just having a quick look at it at the moment i've just clicked on it right now and then you've got just like every kind of dog on there and and the ones which trip me out is there's this uh, I'm not sure if he's a lab Roddy Cross or something, but sitting at the bar having a beer, is that Elliot? That must be Elliot. He's uh, sitting yeah. one of the most recent things. Yeah, that'd be Elliot, yeah. um, sitting at the pub having a drink. Uh, one of our, our favourite haunts in Fitzroy North. That one. And that's where you've obviously obviously find a lot of dogs that misbehave. Uh, you know, you walk past shops and people having a coffee and. Next minute, the dog's tripping up the old lady, um, and then they're calling me, or um, yeah. you know, the dog's just being running rogue. So, you've got clients that come to you, and you can actually train their dogs to go to the pub or to go to have a coffee or walk in the park to do that. What I'm looking at now, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what a the the benefits of having a well trained, properly socialized dog is, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where I live, if some of your listeners aren't familiar with uh, Melbourne. I'm I'm in quite an inner inner uh, suburb. I, I'm in Carlton North. So you've got 
a lot of inner city, some creatives, uh, busy professionals, which you know, they their dogs are a big part of their life. Um, they're not necessarily that uh, sort of stay at home. Their dogs come out with them everywhere they go, um, and there's a lot of considerations to that when it comes to um, teaching a dog certain skills or certain behaviors to to have them be a big part of that lifestyle. Yeah, and, and there's so many different people in that small space as well. What about uh, some of the other stuff that you deal with, which is probably a small part of the market, but a really important one, is people that have got spheres of dogs. And yep. I know you've got some skills there, man. And also, uh, you've got a lot of great contacts uh, other than yourself to help people with fear of dogs, etc. Can you tell us Oh, yeah. That? Hey, go for it. Yeah, we... um. Uh, I recently got contacted by um, Anthony Berwick, uh, who's a clinical psychologist actually up in Sydney. And uh, he has a one of the, the only, I think the only clinic in Australia that's uh, dedicated to helping people with a fear of dogs, uh, the technical term for it's xenophobia. Um, and he contacted me because uh, he had a client here in Melbourne. Um, and given that he's based in Sydney, he had no way of getting a, a dog to them. Uh, so he enlisted myself and Elliot to go and, um, and help do, uh, I guess, a, a bit of what's very similar to our work with dogs, except uh, helping this young uh, young five-year-old girl overcome her, her fear of dogs. Very special role. Uh, something I've really thoroughly enjoyed working with. That's almost a blessing to be able to do that, isn't it? To make such a massive impact on a person's life. It's almost, yeah, yeah, it's huge. I just I can't imagine being that that kid and you know having that that fear like I guess for a lot of people for me I as a kid was never not around a dog so I just can't see it any other way but I know there's there's certainly um there's people out there not just kids there's adults that um, have that fear and you know it's a it's a pretty reasonable fear to have because there's certainly I mean you would see some of the worst cases of that yeah, you're right, Tim. I've, I deal with people from all ages, which might surprise people. People from little kids, like two or three-year-olds who are screaming because the dog's bigger than them, um, all the way down to people who have just uh, not in their own country ever had an interaction with dogs, and they're, t they're yeah. actually terrified. And these are adults. I'm talking people who are in their 20s, 50s, 60s and older. They're absolutely terrified, so terrified, and... Uh, how did you spell what you said? I'm trying to catch that again. Xenophobia? Xenophobia. It's a C-Y-N-O phobia. P-H-O-B-I-A. Xenophobia. Yeah. It's good to put a name to it because I see it all the time. And a lot of people who terrified and call me or I call my colleagues to go out and help them, the dog to us is fine. But to yeah. them, it, it's another dimension, uh, which is terrifying. Speaking of other dimensions, um, young, young, young Elliot's a movie star. What's the go there? Oh, he's done it. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I love teaching him uh, different tricks and that sort of thing. thing. And it's uh, uh, a couple of years ago, he was involved in a film um, here in Melbourne. It was a, was a, a rom-com uh, with uh, Brooke Satchwell. It's called... Um, uh, it's called What If It Works. If it's something you'd like to, <laughs> something you'd like to look up, but it's a great little flick. And, and very short what, role. Yeah. What did he do there? Like, what what tricks did you have to teach him to do on doing the clip? 
Well, we're, the the interesting thing with showbiz is you're not giving a lot of you're not given a lot of information. So what we were asked of him to do was to have him be a scary, um, aggressive dog. So the only thing that they said that he wanted him to do was bark uh, at a person. So I was like, all right, we can do that. We've got bark on cue. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, we show up on the day and um, and there's a whole range of other things going on around him. So not only did he have to bark on cue, but he had to do that next to a um, like an ice cream van that had fallen over with uh, like 35 litres of ice cream all over the ground, like covering an actress. <laughs> uh, yeah, very varying degrees of success there. Um, and obviously a lot of takes with uh, not just with him, but uh, the cast and crew as well. That was quite fun. Um, a big day of filming for what is probably, uh, I don't know, man, like 30 seconds in the in the film altogether. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, I've worked on movie sets before and they go all day and then the yeah. movies get comes out and guess how much of that clip was in there? Probably none. Yeah. It's just amazing, oh, five seconds. Uh, that's me, cool stuff. That's... Yeah, it is. And it, and it's just something that people don't normally get to know about. Now, the behaviours yeah. that you were describing then, which is their behaviours, uh, people say, mm. oh, that's a nice trick that you've taught your dog, but, but but why do dogs do that? Why do they do those tricks, what we call tricks? Uh, look, I, th I think um, I get this question a little bit as to what, you know, why would we teach tricks? And um, for the most part, we've got to look at what, if it's going to benefit the dog, why would it not benefit you in some way? It's going to benefit the dog in a few ways. Largely, it's going to be something that the dog has to do. It's fun, right? So we're, we're getting them to work their brain a bit, getting them to try something new. The other thing for the uh, owners, especially the people that are quite new to teaching a dog, it might be their first dog, uh, it helps them to develop their timing, their, uh, their reward delivery. Um, and if they have having a particularly bad time with a dog is stressing out all that sort of stuff um it can really change their relationship for the better so i love that kind of stuff um that's the kind of stuff that we did a lot with the cynophobia clinic as well uh just getting elliot to run through tricks for the for the um, young girl i know it's a quite a powerful tool to make people smile it, it is it's a great thing and the dogs respond really well too uh, with yep. the with the tricks, I just want to go on the, on a, this tangent for a little bit because it, it mm. is really it is really cool and I love it. Um, on on your uh, website, you've got a services page, and there's a yep. little there's a little it looks like a lab to me. I can only see his tail end, but um, it's on a skateboard, and there's uh, it looks like it might be you or somebody from your your crew is um, getting this little guy to skateboard. Can he skate? Yeah, man. He's, yeah. Um, look, I don't know. If he can skate now, he interesting story with that guy. He was found in a um, a litter of um, uh, eight or eight or nine dogs in a cardboard box, and so he was one of those those kind of um, uh, boxes of dogs that was handed to a, a, a rescue group. And we had the opportunity to work with him and a couple of other little mates. But what we were doing primarily in that, and it looks like a cool trick, is riding a skateboard. But it was really about. Um, environmental exposure which is just getting him out and trying new things building his confidence up so later on as an adult dog he wasn't going to um, you know, be a dog that would uh, frighten easy we just didn't know a lot about his history or genetics anything like that so um, you know it's it's something that we I certainly put a lot of focus on confidence building and you know, it's a bit of fun makes a great photo 
Yeah, it, it, oh, man, that's, that's the photo of the year, that one. It's just great. Everybody have a look at that one. Um, I, I see that you've got uh, a massive variety of dogs that you've trained, everything all the way from um, little staffy crosses, you've seen a few Amstaffs, you've got some working dogs in there, you've got uh, yeah. um, you've got the Rottweilers, which are working dogs, and you've got things, little cuties like Pugs and Chihuahuas. Now, um, people, they've got a dog, and maybe they haven't had a dog before, They've, they've got a breed, perhaps they've got a, a chihuahua, which is barking uh, a lot. In fact, a lot when they're not home, uh, which mm. is probably going to be happening soon. Uh, we've, we've all been locked down, and, and I pray that this gets over soon and people get on with their lives. So let's let's plant the picture. I've got a chihuahua. It's driving my neighbor's nuts. It never barks when I'm home. It's driving my neighbor's nuts. Can I, can I come to you? Yeah, man, Absolutely. Yeah, so in Thailand, there's a little bit of work you're going to do, but um, there's lots, lots that can be done with that. Um, no doubt, uh, those barking dog complaints are a big part of what you do as a ranger. They they are probably around about thirty percent, but they're the yep. they're the ones that's most um, stressful mm. and the most emotional for people who are affected. Um, oh yeah, doesn't particularly worry me because I actually don't live next door to the barking dog, but um, yeah. I just. I just encourage people uh, to get out there, Tim, and and call people, call behaviourists, call trainers who've got experience with barking dogs, uh, especially when you go back to work in the next uh, three months or whatever, how long we take to get, get out of this lockdown. We go back to work, mm-hmm. then we've got confrontation by behaviours that often aren't displayed when the, when the family's together. Um, how would you encourage people to approach that Saying we, we look like we're going to be coming out in the next couple of months to some kind. Yeah, absolutely. What would what would people that preparation to... has to start now for sure? Um, you know, with barking dogs, you've got uh, often people are going to look at the trigger. You get on YouTube and you go, "How do I stop my barking dog?" Right, and uh, there's a whole host of, of things to look at. Um, what's really something a lot of people don't quite consider is that there's a lot of other factors at play. So yes, we can work through changing the dog's response to whatever those outside noises are, whatever it is that they're barking at. But there's uh, a lot of other factors at play. If you've got a uh, a dog that, like the Rottweiler you were talking about before, if you've got a Rotty, uh, yeah, you've got a dog that is uh, likely to be barking at noise outside. That's a big part of what they do. So um, we've got to find other outlets for them. Um, that's a big part of what we do um, for, for myself, looking at behaviour as a whole. Um and then, um, yeah, sorry, I'm on a tangent there, but when we're looking at the dogs that are at home right now with their owners, uh, I think we're certainly going to see a rise in um, uh, probably dogs are just are really struggling to be left alone um, after this is all kind of over. So something I'm encouraging my uh, puppy clients currently to be doing is um, uh, as a preventative making sure that they're practicing alone time. Their dogs are not only uh, with them, cuddling on the couch, all of that sort of stuff, but they're also spending a lot of time to themselves. The dogs are in their crate or on their mat. Um, The owners are also ducking out, getting a coffee and leaving the dog at home for short periods and getting them used to that sort of stuff because that's going to be the way. It it is going to happen. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be an avalanche really. And so people can hit you up on on your site. And uh, what other sort of services? Because I've had a look through your website 
And I know that you've got some pretty cool names for services. I'm just done trying to pull them up now. I can't remember all the Super Puppy, the, the Good Dog, the JK Growling, that's a good one. Charles Barkowski. What's behind those names? Is it actually um, more than fun behind the names? What's happening behind there? Oh, it's a bit of fun. It just gives people a bit of a picture of uh, a lot. A lot of people like to label their dogs. They like to put certain labels on their dogs. I'm not a big fan of oh, that dog is aggressive or that dog is, you know, that dog is a really bad dog or whatever. But um, why I've, I put these together, we've got some program um, options available to people is so they can say, all right, so I've got a dog that's uh, doing this, 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 and this that fits under the, uh, the, jk growling and whatever right and um and under that program we've got a few options for them so it might be um we i generally um, like to see people pretty regularly because it allows me to get to know the, the dog and it lets me uh get to know the owner so we can tailor the, the training a bit more to an individual need but um yeah that's that's really the value of that um helping people to understand that you know, uh, a one-off session is just going to give you the fundamentals for some of the foundations, but there's a lot of other things at play. It's not not serious to just take a dog long once because the dog's a, a being; it has to be understood holistically, doesn't it? And if they've got yeah. aggression, if they've got an aggression reaction, or they've got a um, a low drive, or if they've got a high drive, you're not going to see that looking at YouTube. You really need some professional. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and. And the key one that I like in um, your JK growling is that you're talking to, it seems to me that you're talking to people about um, recognizing body language and signals. Is that of the dogs yeah. or of the people? And can you just elaborate a little bit on it's that? A, it's, it's a bit of both. So the, our JK growling is a program that's um, been designed around uh, a reactivity or aggression, um, those kind of um the dogs that get out on the street and they're lunging and barking and carrying on, whatever you want to name it. Um, so a big part of that program is uh, educating the owners on how to read their dogs effectively. Because often by the time that kind of behavior is happening, the owners have missed all those early signs. And, um, you know, they're coming to you saying, look, how do I stop my dog from doing this? Uh, quite often is a case that they're trying to do it too late. They're trying to stop the dog when they've already done the thing. So uh, a little bit of education around uh, some of those early signs, we can uh, quite effectively uh, intervene, um, show the dog another way. Yeah, I, I find most of my work comes from fairly negative interactions with dogs, uh, be it barking dog, uh, dog attack on dogs or people. And yep. Most of them are because uh, the, the body language of the two species, being humans and canines, is not understood. It's misinterpreted. Yeah. Because our, our way to be happy and excited is not ideal, especially if you're a small kid, um, to a larger dog. Uh, For sure. Yeah. And with, with family dogs, you've got the, the family dog. Do you go and teach the kids in the family about their dog and how to interact or what's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, that's cool. And I, and I, I put the family dog program together uh, years ago before I even had a kid of my own. I have a young, a young girl now who just turned one and, you know, it's, it's a really, really, really cool thing to have a, have a young, young kid growing up in the household with a dog. But, you know, as she's growing and she's at an age where she's, she can, um, you know, take instruction or she's learning things, you can 
absolutely be teaching the kid how to interact with the dog as well as we're teaching um, Elliot how to interact with her, right? Um, so that's something that, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I'm, when I'm meeting with people that have kids, um, be it a puppy or uh, maybe uh, I, I have a real big uh, opportunity to speak with people that are expecting babies and their families don't even know. Like I'm often the first point of contact and I love that. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much stuff that people can do to prepare, not only learning how to read their dogs better, but have the kids learn how to teach dogs, uh, teach them games and that sort of stuff that they can play with the dogs that are, um, you know, a little bit more uh, mutually enjoyable than trying to run and chase and do all the things that dogs don't like. And with the um, the training when you go, uh, you said you haven't got a, a specific establishment that you train in. Do you part, mm-hmm. train in parks or do you train at people's places or how, how, what, what can people Both. expect when they call you? Yeah. Initially, um, I start at the home, depending on whether the, um, the focus areas or the concerns for the, the dog's behavior is present. Um, it's, it's great to be able to see the dog in the home environment. Sometimes uh, the concerns may just be very exclusive to a, a park environment, in which case that's where I go. Um, I've also met people at their, their workplaces and um, the pub, uh, all sorts of areas. But um, yeah, with the exception of this year, it's been really different. It's been certainly uh, lots of outdoors um, with social social distancing and that sort of stuff. With the limitations of this year, because it's been a bit down for a lot of people, um, mm. the internet's a good place to, to communicate, etc. Are you able to do any training over the internet with people at the moment? Have you tried that? Yeah, yeah. yeah I have. Um, that's the only way that we can work at the moment. Unfortunately, in Victoria, um, dog trainers aren't on the roadmap uh, for reopening. So um, hopefully we have some um, good news soon. But yeah, for the last uh, 10 weeks, that's been what I've uh, I've been doing uh, solely just on uh, Zoom, um, doing consultations with everybody from having um, preparing for a baby or um, helping people that have added a puppy to the family, um, working through uh, everything from loose leash walking, aggression, that sort of stuff. Um, yet it's, it's certainly the limitations in that we don't have the ability to get out and, and do a lot of hands-on, but um, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's been different, hasn't it? And, and it's been really different. Yeah, and and especially with what's presenting for me in terms of day job, uh, for you is it like a complete turnaround from what you'd normally be dealing with? Um, from from the pandemic, is it something that's changed the dogs that are presenting, the types of things you're dealing yeah. with? Yeah, um, there's definitely a in, uh, an intake, and there's more. Uh, there's more puppies, I, I think. There's certainly a lot more puppies. Um, and that's probably also in part due to the fact that all the group classes uh, are running. So a lot of the, certainly a lot of the schools around my area have closed. So um, we're getting a lot more of those. But I, yeah, I think that right now, especially with the dogs that were acquired at the start of the year or have not been used to this living at home arrangement. Maybe they're a dog of three or four years of age. Um, I'm starting to get all the calls with regards to dogs that are um, either distressed uh, because you know the owners are starting to leave the house um, or uh, maybe the dog um, 
is starting to act up, starting to show some uh, problematic behaviour. And I think in a large way, this is due to the fact that uh, everybody's stress levels are quite elevated this year. And a lot of it's coming off onto the dog in some way. The dogs are picking it up. That's certainly... Yeah. I think certainly, uh, yeah, I mean, they can certainly see that. But I also think that we're, um, you know, as, as we tend to do as humans, we're compensating a little bit. We're good down in the dumps. We might order a ton of takeout. The dogs are also getting far more freedom than they would previously. Um, you know, uh, I'll let you sleep up on the bed tonight. By the record, I have no problem with that. But these dogs um, are, yeah, certainly living it up right now. But uh, I think that's, yeah, in some part, it's producing a lot of problems as well. So the dogs are taking liberties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, where, you know, they, they, they didn't need to. You know, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot that's going to come unraveled in the next 12 months. And I think there's some really cool things coming out of this. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for everyone in our industry, certainly. Yeah, you're right. Look, the Aussie Pets podcast is focused on setting up the dogs to succeed. We want the dogs to succeed. We want people to go out and engage professionals like yourself and my friends, uh, who have got quite a lot of in the dog world. And people who haven't been in the dog world, they shouldn't freak out if their dog's behaving what they think is really badly, because it might be able to be remedied by calling you. Um, mm. For example, I've, I've had a quick, uh, I've been stalking you for three days on the internet, man. I've been looking I like at it. Your, Yeah, I've been at your website. I've been in your shop. I've been in Insta. I've been on Facebook. Uh, bob a lot. Uh, that's one thing that I know will make a bit of difference, and also your fun feeders. Can you tell us a little about bit about those? They're on you. They're on your website, the Good Dog website. You really have been in the shop, mate. I told you. I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, these are uh, called puzzle feeders or enrichment toys. Um, I love them because you got uh, particularly with our uh, inner city folk. You've got a lot of busy professionals. The dogs are at home for generally extended periods of time and this is you got two opportunities sometimes three opportunities to uh, tie a dog or give your dog the, um, the mental stimulation with just simply feeding them putting your food into something different so I like these kind of things a lot um, also it's it's providing a healthy outlet for the dog to do something that's very uh, natural uh, foraging and sniffing and all that sort of stuff so um, yeah I, I uh, often um, with my clients and now with our puppy clients at home a lot more encourage uh, that rather than feed out of the bowl to utilize these these kind of uh, tools and then anything that's left over um, that they're using that through uh, training and uh, teaching their dog things yeah and, and in, in the industry correct me if i'm wrong uh, we go about something and we go and have a look at somebody who's had an issue with their dog I often have a look around and I'm looking for things like a treat pouch or a ball on a rope, or I'm looking for a lead near the door. Um, yeah, these are pretty simple things. Uh, how, yeah. how important is actually engaging with your dog with a, with a ball or having a treat pouch when you go for a walk? Is this, is this something people should look at? Absolutely. You know, we've got, um, I think a lot of people innately comfortable with the idea of positive reinforcement, right? Um, so food and toys, uh, pets, affection, that sort of stuff, we can use to encourage appropriate behaviour. It's also a really good way um, to 
promote more desirable behavior, particularly in our um, working breeds. So if you think about the idea of, um, I don't know if you know this, so we've, we've got a lot more working breeds in the inner city now um, than I don't know if it's been ever before. And I think um, <laughs> I think Brad was talking about the, the um, Kelpies and Blue Healers and that sort of thing on your last uh, your last podcast. But yeah, um, what I'm seeing a lot with these dogs is that uh, they just need more than a walk. So having having something like your, your tug toy or your ball and a rope um, and using it effectively is a great thing to be able to do just to give these dogs a give these dogs a job but it's a it's also a great relationship building tool yeah incredibly small investments and i've i've noticed that as a theme that like you you like engaging uh, having fun with animals and mm. and it's actually really small investments really really simple uh, tools that you're using to to um, change a behavior or, or or draw good behavior from a dog uh, if somebody's got a dog you've probably dealt with a few rescues <laughs> a dog yeah. rescue yeah. and and the dog's yep. the dog's been a bit of a, a bit of a pain this is mm-hmm. this is g-rated so I can't say anything else uh, they're the ones that I deal with what what can they do what can they do they get in touch with a professional straight away right okay you know, um, I think the thing is that what we what we'll end up looking at is if you have the right person come in, get in, get in touch with a pro that can have a, a sit down and talk through your situation. We want to look at everything from not just teaching your dog how to how to sit in a grassy field, right? Uh, we want to look at the whole lifestyle and assess that sort of stuff. What what kind of stuff do you do with your dog? What kind of how does your dog currently get certain things that they get? Uh, in their day to day, and and does that have an effect on why your dog is uh, what was the term you used? They're, they're playing up, um, yeah. probably. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do, or the way that we live with our dogs that impact that behaviour. They're, they're very high energy dogs. Um, just talking generally, uh, the main ones that I have issues with uh, anxiety, and not so much bad interactions. It's it's the anxiety, barking behaviours. Um, barking at other dogs, uh, coolies, border collies. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the working breeds. Mal- Malinois, German Shepherd. Uh, I'm I'm going to stop right there, but I could keep on going and name probably about twenty breeds. These dogs are being kept in apartments, and uh, the the G word greyhounds. Um, these are just awesome beasts. They're amazing beasts. They can run faster than me which is you know hard to believe but it's true they can run faster than me <laughs> that'd be funny if you could see me people um now with the with the greyhounds um they've been trained to to chase small things that squeak um how's yeah. that how's that going in um north Rich, uh, north carton sorry <laughs> oh man i don't know what i can say without the uh some of the the rescue groups chasing me down no they, there's uh look I, there are certainly um, hunting dogs that I have met. There's visuals that I've met that that have not had an inkling to want to hunt, and retrievers that don't even chase a ball. Um, <laughs> there, there is certainly, without doubt, uh, greyhounds that can very, live very comfortably with a cat or a small animal. But you know, as as um, as someone in the industry that gets called to usually uh, a problem made solving yesterday, we certainly do see. Uh, greyhounds with that sort of stuff with uh uh problems uh curbing their chasing um for sure i guess that's uh you know and again we're looking at fulfillment is the dog getting it 
like, we're not going to go allow this dog to go and chase an animal, but is there other things we can do to give that dog a, an outlet for it? And then uh, at the same time, uh, it's going to be far easier to inhibit the what is the, the undesirable uh, behavior. Uh, you could stop it, but that dog's still like deep down and I want to chase that thing. And so the, the, again, it goes back to, um, you mentioned the a lot of the people doing rescues come chasing you is as soon as there's a problem, if professional groups rescuing dogs, etc., run and chase a professional, that's what people should do, yeah? So uh, for sure, get out there. Uh, what's the best way to contact you just out of curiosity? Because everybody's got a, their own favorite way. Yeah, um, I prefer that people go onto our website. So that's uh, gooddogbehavior.com.au. Uh, and there's a really fancy booking form that I threw together with some friends. And uh, you can chuck your details in there. Um, just due to the nature of what I do, um, I am in and out a lot, so it's a lot easier to get everything in one place. Look, I, I actually quite enjoy your your form. I'm, I'm, I just pulled it up on the computer now, and it's just like, "Hello, my name is Edwin. I live in a house with my dog, whose name is Binky." So people can go through <laughs> my rabbit's name's Binky. You, they can go through and just fill this in. It's quite a logical and and quite quite engaging and fun thing to fill in then they just choose what they want they can go and get private coaching day training or even if they're not sure if they want to get a dog or if they have got a dog and they're not sure what training they need you've got that option there as well just hey hit on this. yeah man. keep and it then, simple yeah and then you've got seven selections it's just like a smorgasbord um the super puppy the good dog jk growling melbourne dog family dog the charles Bukowski, and again for me <laughs> people like me i'm not sure um, and then you just tell you just tell Tim when um, when to come in, and when to contact you, and and then you hit it up. And and so how uh, how far out are you booked? Because I know that some of my friends are actually booking out now about a month from when it opens. They're taking a tentative booking on the opening. Uh, they've booked out a month. So how how's your bookings going? And how quickly should people get in to to look at booking in for these problems that they're trying to solve? I'm currently taking bookings for online only, um, and attentively we're looking at hopefully hopefully being able to do face-to-face uh, within the next week or two um that said i had a good six weeks worth of people cancelled due to this last lockdown so i've got to get everybody in and then after that uh, we'll be taking on new people so look i'm probably looking at uh november december um for people to get in get in early don't uh, don't think yeah. about it don't don't think don't delay it don't think do wasn't that somebody from north carlton i don't know anything about football but there's a guy who used to scream that he says don't think what's that hmm. is that a football someone someone in the carlton football club maybe i think so i'm not very good with football i probably shouldn't have tried to quote them um and so, i probably should be near them. yeah and and the um the thing you're the th- main thing that comes through when i'm talking to you tim and and i'm so appreciative have had you take part of your life to share with everybody the thing that comes through for me is that you engage people and teach them how to have fun with their pets and make a more confident pet. Is that is that fair to say that? A more confident, stable pet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have a dog that with with my clientele, they want to do stuff like sit in the park, have a picnic with them, go down to the pub, have a, go to the cafe, whatever. We're throwing a lot more at our dogs now than we did, say, 10, 20 years ago. They were expected to live in some pretty pretty crazy conditions and busy, busy environments, busy beer gardens, all that sort of stuff. Well, when we can get back to doing that again. So 
you know, I think there needs to be a lot much stronger focus on building dogs up to handle those sort of things. Um, and that's that's a big part of what I do whilst having fun with your dog. Like dog training shouldn't be it shouldn't be boring. No, it, it, no, it, it's it's never boring if you um, have a good person instructing the human, so that the human knows the behaviour that can be expected, and then the human knows yeah. how to recognise and then guide their their pooch, um, because dogs don't actually understand human, and humans, sure. don't, humans have got the ability to read what dogs are thinking or doing by looking, but again, um, we don't speak dog. Uh, and and it can be a much happier world, and hopefully I meet far lesser people in my professional time um, if the dogs are all behaving themselves with their owner. So uh, a long um, a long time ago, I used to do uh, all sorts of different training, and, and I actually showed dogs who are, aren't particularly uh, great at uh, obedience or anything like that. Uh, they just to look good and to, to breed dogs to type. Um, what what is the most interesting type of uh, training you've been engaged to do? Was it something to to do with uh, uh, different types like show dogs, or uh, do you do um, Schutzhund training, which is a higher level of training, or what sort of what is the most interesting job you've ever done with a dog? I'd like to get into that sort of stuff. I, I have colleagues that get in to do some of those dog sports, and I think it's a really cool thing. I've, I've um, definitely considered doing it um, where where I can. So. Yeah, I'll. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't done that just yet, but it's definitely in the back of my mind. Um, interesting thing. I think. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily interesting, but I think this is just a funny one to share with your uh, with your listeners. But I had a guy uh, contact me a couple of years ago that said, "Hey, uh, how much do I pay you to teach my dog to get a beer out of the fridge?" <laughs> And how long is that going to take? And I was like, oh, is there anything else you want to do with your dog? Is that, that it? I, was like, oh, I just kind of want that. Like it's, I think it was like, it was August, coming into the warm months and, you know, it was good. And uh, he, he wanted a bit of a party trick for his friends. So, yeah, actually I, I took it on and, and that was really cool. Was, I spent a good month with this dog and, um, you know, we did more than just get a beer out of the fridge. You know, there's a few basics that need to be worked through first, right? But um yeah, I think that's a funny one because it's like, you know, sometimes as, as you talk to people in the industry and they, they get really bogged down with the fact that people are calling them the fixed problems, but every now and then you get something real cool like that. And I, I love that stuff. That's super cool. So uh, I'm, I'm seeing a new category for you, beer dog. Um, I, think that, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that could work. And it, yeah. that's the most cool thing to say to share with us. Thanks for that. What about humans? What's the, what's the most interesting human that you've... Um, you know, had the had the privilege or or honour to work with that you've really thought, wow, this is it in a bit. Uh, I, I look, I'm lucky. I have a I have colleagues. Oh, sorry, colleagues. I have clients in in certain um, in the entertainment industry. I've got uh, clients that um, are in the the AFL and all sorts of stuff. So, a pretty one of the coolest things about what I do, um, and a lot of a lot of my colleagues do in this industry, is we get to go into the houses of people, you know, and um, get to see how people live with their dogs. And I, I think that's that's always awesome to sit down and uh, kind of uh, see the, the other side of things, especially especially people that, uh, you know, you might see on TV, for example, and then you kind of get to see their personal life. I think that's a that's a pretty fascinating thing. It, it, it is. And is it fair to say that uh, often they're just so cool? They're just so normal. 
um, when you get to know them. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, that's just you and me. We're just training dogs together. It's not like a, you know, you can be very gobsmacked and be like, oh, man, it's you from the TV. But it's, it is. It's just like, well, this person's paying for your time and, uh, you know, they're just like you and I. Yeah, excellent. And and just like you and I, we can we can do the right thing. Uh, we we do, we try and do the right thing every day by uh, engaging with our animals and teaching people and training them how to do things right. Um, we you've said that the best way to contact you is through the through the website, and yep. you've got your little um, your little merch play, page, which I I quite like the 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 good dog shop you've called it. There's just one more question. If we've got time, have you got time? Um, yeah, of course. Something that it seems really simple, and I didn't didn't ask Brad the other week um, on the other podcast. I forgot to ask. Uh, is leads? How important mm. is your choice of lead? You cannot um, you cannot underestimate the value of a not only quality lead, uh, but the right type of equipment. You know, with so many incidents, can be very very. Uh, quickly avoided with the right equipment, but not only just the right equipment, but something that's quality. There's just far too many um, cheap knockoff kind of uh, leads and collars and harnesses out there. There's far more, far more of those out than there ever has been before. So, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not someone that is very, you know, this tool or that tool. But uh, the quality of whatever you're using on your dog is so important. The safety everybody absolutely thank you for that uh it, it's just popped up in my life in the last few weeks and i've noticed that people have done really made really poor choices in leads they certainly look fantastic but they're not um they're not purposeful um yeah I, yeah and and one more one more question Can i have one more question for the listeners please yeah list a lot of a lot of the listeners have actually got little kids and some of them have even got grandkids that's how all the people are who listen to my podcast and they take the kids to the playground. Should you take your dog into the playground with the kids, with other people's kids, and let it off lead? No, you shouldn't. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing to ask because as we know there's a lot, the local law or the, the laws around the playgrounds where the dog has to be 10 or 20 metres away, whatever that might 10, be, right? You're right. Yeah. Um, 10. Yeah. So um, even... If your dog is great around kids and super well behaved, never, you know, never any issues, they live with your kids, whatever, it doesn't mean that the kids are going to be okay with that dog. You know, I think this is a really, um, really important thing. The other thing I don't like seeing with that is that if you've got a great dog that's just hanging out there in the playground off lead, it sets the precedent that other people can do the same thing. So, you know, I, I was at a playground earlier today with my own dog and uh, I wanted to get in there and play with my daughter on the, on the swing, but no, I hung out on the outside with him, you know, and uh, let my wife do that. So it's just, uh, you know, I think we have a big, um, everybody has a, a big part in being able to educate everybody else. If you're doing the right thing, other people want to do the same. And that's a big part of uh, Aussie pets podcast is uh, responsible, responsible. I'll say it correctly, responsible pet ownership, and setting dogs up uh, with their humans for success. When I first contacted you, I mentioned at the beginning that I spoke to Elliot. Is there um, is there anything that Elliot wanted to say, or is he still making no comment? Um, Man, he's asleep on the couch right now. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna bring him on, but uh, 
he's uh he's enjoying lockdown life he's just enjoying uh, at the moment having a, a very normal kind of uh dog life enjoying walks he, he's not a dog that usually gets like the the walk around the block kind of thing but um he's he's been enjoying that of late so that's kind of cool yeah really co- super cool tim thanks a lot for tonight uh, i think we're going to wrap up there We've got a lot of information that uh, you will be making available to people. I'll put it on the podcast. Uh, so if you have a look at the blurb people at the bottom of the podcast, you'll find links for gooddogbehavior.com.au, the Facebook site, which is also Good Dog Behavior, and Instagram, same, Good Dog Behavior. And we touched on a subject today, fear of dogs, which was fascinating to me. If you want to educate yourself a little more, go to the cyanophobiaclinic.com.au. And for couples, uh, if you've got a little bun in the oven on the way, don't feel shy. Uh, Contact him through the website and he'll be able to give you the best chance of integrating your pet and having a really fun and cooperative dog for when your little one finally does arrive. That's it for the day. I wish to again thank our listeners. We wouldn't be here without our listeners and wish you all can educate yourselves and learn reach out and until next time see you later